I'm Frank Rossi, and from the hills of central New York, in the heart of the Finger Lakes, this is Frankly Speaking. I love chatting with golf course superintendents. I get to visit them all over the world and a lively chat about their facility, their career, and their management styles often ensues. In this episode of Frankly Speaking, I share one of my recent conversations with the Director of Golf Operations at PGA Catalunya in Generona, Spain, 30 minutes from Barcelona in the lovely Catalan region of Spain. David spent some time in America when he'll tell you he was fired from his high school in Spain and raised in Kansas riding BMX bikes and built a golf course and worked on golf courses around Barcelona. And now he runs one of the top-ranked facilities in all of Europe and possibly the world. Our conversation begins with David's early career and his transfer to the new role at the PJ Catalunya in Spain. Welcome to the show, bienvenido. And I wanted you to start with saying a little bit about your career as a bike rider early on as a young person. Good morning, everybody. Frank, first of everything, I'm, I really appreciate you've been calling me and being in this show. I know I've been delayed this for a long time, always telling you that was I was really busy, but in, in reality is that I, I wanted to have so many interesting more people than, than me, but at the end I couldn't say no more. So thank you very much. Uh, I have to personally congratulate you for the environmental award you received in the golf industry show. I was there and I was really proud of you because you are a leader in the industry and especially for me. Well, it's very kind of you to say what I think is important. And the reason I have these conversations with golf course superintendents, director of golf operations is, is because I think that's how we learn from each other. And I really believe that, uh, your career to this point, like my own, has been leading a lot of people uh, in Europe. And what I hope to do is bring that to the uh, listeners of this fine podcast. So one more time, back to your life as a bike rider. Yes. Look, uh, I was a bad student when I was 17 years old and I was fired from the high school in, in Spain. <laughs> and my parents sent me to Kansas in the middle of U.S., and I was oh, in, in Spain, I was a bike champion. And I, when I went to the US, the family picked me, uh, family Weikert, we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. They picked me and I did some BMX in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun and I learned a lot of the, the American culture, which I'm in love. And then from there, I came back to Spain a year after the graduation the, in the high school. And then I started. I started working on a golf course as a summertime, doing the translation between the uh, the architect Martin Hodri, famous famous uh, designer, yes. and to the construction company. And then I saw my interest on the golf course uh, superintendent, and I started studying and and then going around. And and ever since there, since 1919, I've been working in many golf courses, never been fired. And growing up. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, so when you lived in Kansas and went to high school in Kansas, that has to be why your English is so spectacular. I have to say, David, for somebody that probably doesn't speak English very much in a normal day in Girona, uh, I compliment you first on your English and, and then for, uh, you know, living in Kansas for a few years. That's a, a wonderful place in the heartland of America. And the family that you were with is still out there today and, and maybe hopefully listening to this fine program. 
Yeah, I'm sure I will send it to them. They'll be <laughs> proud. Very good. So, so you get back to Spain and you start working uh, in construction right away. And was that at the PJ Catalunya or was that at a different golf course? No, actually, it was next door on a golf course called uh, Girona Golf Club, and that was 1990. And I worked there for four years, and once the golf course was completely finished and good, somebody else hired me, Barcelona Golf Club, and I've been always in, in this area, hmm. growing in, 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 in the level of the golf course. I mean, any golf course is unique, but in terms of uh, maintenance budget and, and incomes, you know, there's different levels. Yes. So right now I've been 15 years in PGA Catalonia and I started here supervising the construction of the second course. I came for one year only and then two years after I became the superintendent and I've been superintendent for 15 years. And right now I've been a year and a half promoted to director of golf operations. Okay. So let me tell everybody about the Catalonia Resort that I visited and let me tell you. I count. I am. I would. I'm counting the days when I can come back again. But we're not just talking about two high-level 18-hole golf courses. You've got extensive practice facilities that houses the Sergio Garcia Academy clubhouse, two hotels, four-star and five-star, a vineyard, three football pitches, multi-adventure park, private villas, interior roads, the final series of the European tour classification schools. This is an enormously busy facility, David. Making the shift from superintendent to director of golf operations, um, you know, and maybe director of much of the outside of the resort, what motivated you to do that? Well, the thing is that I'm I'm on a way that uh, I understand the rules company. And the rules company is that we are here to make money. So if I was the type of superintendent that I could spend millions of dollars main, maintaining the golf courses, I would probably not be here. And I would have never been promoted to director of golf operations because... Uh, one of my main good things that my friends always tell me is that I lose logics and I, I love to try different things and try to do more with less. Mm -hmm. And we, we try to spend uh, as a four-star level, but we, we are working very hard to look five-star. And here is the gap that the company makes, makes money out of it. And that's why if the, the company makes money, then you keep on investing and growing the things. And right now we bought more land and we can end up at the end with five golf courses in, in the same spot. Okay. So this is part of the success and we are very proud well, of that. Well, you, you should be. I mean, really, it's one of the more spectacular locations that I've seen. And you've been in Catalan uh, your whole life. So it's got to be, um, you know, easy. It's easy maybe to take for granted. But on the end, it's a really beautiful place. And I want to talk about making money there. And making money in golf has been a constant theme of the program this year. We've had a number of episodes, David, through the year where um, we're talking about the business of golf and how golf makes money. Now, you have a variety of entities out there that might be revenue generating from, you know, rental properties and practice facilities. But just talking about the golf now and the um, 
previous Masters champion, Sergio Garcia. Uh, yes. And I know that he's been an important part, like uh, Seve Ballesteros was, Jose, Jose Maria Olathabal, and uh, my, my personal favorite, Miguel Angel Jimenez, who won the Spanish Open, I think, when it was at your place. How much has the popularity of professional golf helped you guys in being successful as a, as a golf resort in Barcelona? Well, Sergio is helping us to grow, especially outside Spain. Because in Spain, the golf is not very popular. That's a shame. And uh, Sergio is a worldwide known. I mean, I'm sure Sergio, if go, he goes any restaurant in U.S., oh, yeah. everybody will recognize That's him. That's right. But it's, it's, it's sad to say that if Sergio goes somewhere in Barcelona, very few people will recognize him. No kidding. Yeah, that's true. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but it's true. Is that because there's he's no, not from Catalan? Is that because he's not Catalan? Because no, no. <laughs> golf is a very small business in Spain. Locals are not playing golf. There's only 300,000 people with uh, licenses that are playing golf all over Spain. There's only 400 golf courses. So the bulk of your golf played at the resort is played by international guests, you're saying? Yes. Actually, we also have a resort that we, have, we sell homes. And we have 27 different nationalities from all over the world. There's some Americans too. There's some people from Hong Kong, South Africa. The biggest biggest uh, customer is from UK. Second is France, and third is Switzerland. Hmm. They drive in five six hours to here. It's a good location. Well, and, and, you know, what I'm thinking now as I'm listening to you and the many years that you worked on the two golf courses providing them for the clientele, you know, I saw your place. You hosted the Spanish Open. It's pound for pound. I'd put it up with any tournament golf course that the tour plays on uh, here in the States. So you yeah. have a spectacular facility there. But I will say probably very, um, of course, it's in your beautiful landscape, but it, it, it seems like a, a very American. American sort of designed golf course or maybe Parkland golf course as we describe it here. How does it, is it difficult uh, providing a golf course at a resort for so many different cultures that play golf? Because obviously in America, they like golf a certain way. In England, they like golf a certain way. And in Asia and Australia, uh, they like golf a certain way. Have you ever found, um, internationally providing for an international audience like that is a little tricky yeah the thing is that for us is a little bit easy because we are very well known in europe we are qualified in many rankings as number one golf course in spain we are the third in continental europe rankings so we have got uh, a lot of reputation since the course was open in, in 1999 so next year is going to be 20 years old of marketing and people coming here and it's worth, worth uh, that people talk good things about it. Do you think you'll be boning up for another Ryder Cup? Or how did the last one go? Or maybe you're done with that. Where are you guys with uh, considering another event? Well, uh, I have to tell you that if we start thinking why we are named PGA Catalunya, if we go back to 1990, the course was designed and it was owned by European Tour, PGA European Tour was named back then. And the course was designed to host the first Ryder Cup out of the UK. Because if you remember, the Ryder Cup was played UK against US. And when the Europe, your Commonwealth began, became and started, Severiano Ballesteros was, was a Spanish, was number one player in the world. 
and they decided to link uh, Europe and UK and play the Ryder Cup against the Americans. So then they decided, oh, let's make the, the first Ryder Cup out of the UK. And they decided to build and to buy a property, which is PGA Catalonia today, and build it for a Ryder Cup. So the course is that good and the location is so good and everything is so amazing. It's perfect place. It's the only golf course in the world probably designed for a Ryder Cup that has never been played. <laughs> and the reason why, <laughs> yeah. And the reason why is that the Ryder Cup was supposed to be 97. Ryder Cup, but they had problems with permissions because golf is not is not uh, very well seen in, in Spain. So the permissions got delayed. So 97 was arriving, the course was not finished, and they had to go to Valderrama to Patinos. Ah. And, yes, and then the permission arrived, the course got finished, and on 99th, the course was open. Huh. Yeah, that's the true story. You know, and I think one of the things that we've learned about golf is the Olympics really helped golf. I think everybody that's talking about golf internationally is saying the Olympics were good. I think the Ryder Cup and the interest in international players in golf, obviously golf is getting bigger. The Ryder Cup is important. Maybe this is one way to continue to grow golf in Spain is to get that Ryder Cup back there. It's a simple train ride from Barcelona. Let's hope somebody's listening to this program and Pete Pavacqua at the PGA of America can uh, put some pressure on getting the uh, Ryder Cup back to Catalonia. When is the next available slot? I mean, they're supposed to be in 22 in Italy, but then in 26, there will be another another bid. But right now we have realized that some of the best golf courses in the world will never host the Ryder Cup. Mm -hmm. It's only a three days event. And for the bid, we, re we remember that they were asking to cut down 60% of the, of the existing trees. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because as you know, it's, it's four matches at the same time, and 60,000 people is following the matches. That's right. So I just played two weeks ago, Lego Nacional in Paris, the Ryder Cup for yes, this year. Yes, yes, yes. And this is a special course, and it's perfect for Ryder Cup. Because you can fit many, as many players, as many spectators as you want. That's correct. Because there's no trees at all. That's there's banks surrounding all the fairways on both sides. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a stadium golf course. I mean, I think what the Ryder Cup has grown to is not what it was immediately thought. And so, no. David, I'm speaking with David Battaglier, the director of golf operations at PGA Catalunya Resort in Girona, Spain, a quick 30-minute fast train from Barcelona. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Finally, a fungicide that's so much more. Civitas Turf Defense is a fungicide, insecticide, and plant protection product that will change the way you look at turf management. Civitas Turf Defense works within the plant to control diseases and pests, reducing requirements for fertilizers and other pesticides. By enhancing stress tolerance, Civitas Turf Defense can reduce water inputs by up to 25% while maintaining acceptable turf quality. Civitas also increases abiotic stress tolerance for improved tolerance to wear in traffic. And with no known resistance issues, there's no worry about maximum yearly application restrictions. Civitas Turf Defense, plant protection redefined. There's more to the story. Visit CivitasTurf.com. PGA Catalunya is a golf environment organization or GEO certified facility. That's a third-party verification of the environmental stewardship on golf courses around the world. 
Let's get back to my conversation with David, where he talks about the unique aspects of this GEO program at PGA Catalonia. Director of Golf Operations, David Battaglier, just outside of Barcelona at the PGA Cataluna Golf Resort. And we were talking about the preeminence of the facility as a player's course and how enjoyable it is. The Catalonia Resort just got verified again for its GEO certificate, the Golf Environment Organization certifying its high level of environmental quality. Let me read uh, a couple of things from the report. Uh, the PGA Catalunya Resort obtains its certification since it obtains its certification for the first time. Its commitment to the environment society has not diminished. Its investments in technology, infrastructure, and remarkable dedication to techniques of management and maintenance do nothing but consolidate the commitment of the managers of the resort for excellence. PGA Catalunya is practically 18 whole national parks in which you can enjoy a pleasant round of golf in the middle of special habitats surrounded by a rich and well-taken-care-of biodiversity. That is exactly the message and the things we want from third-party people. This is the thing, and I, this is what I want you to speak about. I mean, you embarked upon this GEO certification. The whole idea of third-party verification has always made enormous sense to me. It makes sense. We should be doing this. Why don't we have people come and look at our facilities and tell us how we're doing, and yet very few do it. So first, why did you start down the GEO road, and how has it been for you? It's been great. I mean... It's something that a, certif a certifier comes here and they tell you if you're doing things right or wrong. And they have experience to visit many golf courses and they get so many good ideas. For example, we used to have a lot of problems with mosquitoes and the usual thing is a spray it out, but then you, you breathe the, that chemical and it's not good for your health. And, and there's uh, environmental solutions for that. We, we have introduced bats. Our woods are pretty new are not over 100 years old, so there's no holes inside. So we've been placing more than 150 boxes all over the, the golf course. And uh, there's plenty of bats right now, and a bat can eat 600 mosquitoes per hour. So, so, like you, so you installed, so just an example, to deal with a common problem, you had the woods there that weren't really old enough to support a bat population. So yeah. you introduced bats to the woods well, and then put up 150 bat houses. Yes, we didn't introduce the bats. The bats came alone by themselves. Oh, they Why? Did. Because they, they, they fly at night and they are blind, but they have a radar and that radar is used to find homes. And if they fly over and there's a home, they, they can rest there and they can, they can reproduce. And this is what happened in the last three years here. Right now, we have the security guys going at nighttime with a light, and, this, and they can see plenty of bats. And mosquito problem, it's gone. It's unbelievable. Huh. So, uh, in addition, uh, the resort is irrigated with wastewater. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges of that? And I'm so, I'm, I'm really pleased that you're doing that. I think that is one of the more, uh, in many ways, a low-hanging fruit. For golf, I think in places where we can make this happen more easily, we should learn to do it. But it probably creates some challenges for you. Can you talk a little bit about the source of your wastewater and how you deal with it? 
Yeah, a source of water, it comes from down, downtown. It's like three miles away from here. Mm-hmm. And anybody taking a shower, <laughs> th- that water is used the, the next day into the golf course. So we give a, a second use to a water that's been pumped from deeper in the ground. So giving a second a second use is recycling. And recycling is a, is a, is a word that we need to, to use as often as possible to, to save the planet. We are more people every time and we have to reuse the resources. Yeah, and so you live in a particular environment, if I recall, with a very distinct wet period and dry period. It's a, obviously a Mediterranean climate, so it's yeah. very warm and dry in the summer months, yes? Yes, it's it's a type of climate similar to California. Yes, I would say Santa Barbara, some place like that, mm-hmm. more or less. So, you so very quite- little rainfall. You're talking what, uh, two hundred millimeters a year? Mm, double that, four hundred millimeters. Okay. But you have some some storms. You get one fourth of that. <laughs> you lose it all. That's right. So, <laughs> so it's not really replenishing. So, in many ways, your your golf course and your green grass is entirely dependent. Uh, on that wastewater. Yes, we need it. Uh, actually, we have a big, big store of, of water, big pond. It's next to the golf course, and, and that's our capacity. So to... I, I want to get to some of the other things that are listed in the GEO report that uh, you know are issues I think we're also dealing with in, in the United States relative to sort of promoting ourselves uh, as an industry to our communities. Are you active uh, as part of the GEO stuff uh, in the community of Girona? Yes, we are very active. We do some speeches in, in the area, and, and a lot of people is coming and try to hit us with uh, um, wrong wrong uh, questions. And we are very polite, and we try to respond on every single question. And finally, we understand golf, and especially the way we are, that we are big, and we have so many native areas in between the holes. They, they finally understand we do things right. You live in a beautiful place, but... What kinds of grasses are you growing? When I look at uh, what you have on your property, um, it looks a lot like, I would say, Northern California, where you can grow uh, the cool and the warm season grasses. So you've got uh, bent grass, you've got Bermuda grass, you've got tall fescues, you've got rye grass, you've got Kentucky bluegrass. The only one I don't see is paspalum, but do you have that now? We are in love with paspalum. Oh, you're in love with paspalum. Is it yeah. partly because your water's bad? Yes. The water is becoming worse and worse. Okay. We found that paspalum is the best grass that you could find for this place and many places in the Mediterranean climate. Okay. So are you in the process of considering regrassing? Well, regrassing, maybe introducing, because we, we've done some trials mm-hmm. and we have some big areas with paspalum. We are on the year number three. Mm-hmm. Third summer, mm-hmm. and we are very happy. We don't see weeds. We don't have to fertilize. No kidding. I mean, it's producing very, very good surface. We have an example with zoysia. We have other examples with Bermuda, and then you have a transitions problems mm-hmm. or weeds in the winter. Mm-hmm. Paspalum seems like is the best performing okay. turf grass. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the great transition you just set up for me there to the research you do uh, at the at the resort. I'm Frank Rossi. This is Frankly Speaking, and my guest today, Director of Golf Operations at the PGA Catalunya Resort, David Batallier. We'll be right back. Golf course superintendents all agree. Traditional core aeration is time-consuming, labor-intensive, and unpopular with golfers. 
Dryject is a revolutionary service that relieves compaction, increases water infiltration, improves gas exchange, and amends your root zone all at the same time, leaving the turf surface smooth and immediately playable. Best of all, an independent Dryject service professional does it for you, there and gone before you know it. Dryject, the only process in the world that aerates, top dresses, and amends in one pass. Visit dryject.com to locate your nearest Dryject service center. My conversation with David so far has been very wide-ranging, and now we're really going to get down into the ground literally. We're wrapping up our discussion with his use of hydrogen peroxide for organic matter management. The first time I'd heard it, I thought he was crazy. I'm not entirely sure he's still not crazy, but let's get back to that conversation. So the research that you've done, you talked about the grasses that you were playing around with a minute ago and finding that paspalum is working for you. And of course, when I was with you a few years ago, I was impressed with many of the different things you were trying out there. But one of the things that impressed me the most, mostly because of its of its sort of really uh, progressive ideas about it, and that is using hydrogen peroxide to dissolve surface organic matter. Now, that started as a crazy idea a few years ago. Before we came live, you were telling me this thing is progressing now. You gave a presentation on this at the Golf Industry Show just a couple of years ago. I wonder if you couldn't take a minute and take us through what it is you're working on and how it is today. Yeah, this is something that half of the world knows about it because, I, I as you said, I, I did this speech at the Golf Industry Show. This year, I've done it in Harrogate in front of 250 people. And I've done it in Dubai. A couple of weeks ago, I did it in the Ryder Cup course in Paris. And now they just call me the Irish Superintendent Association. So a lot of, a lot of golf, golf courses in the world and associations are in, very interested in that. And I have to tell you, as far as I know, there's around 10, 15 golf courses right now that are using that. And at PGI Catalunya, and at uh, Ricardo's golf course in Escorpion, Valencia, has been using that for at least uh, four years right now. And we are very, very happy about it. Okay, so let's talk about what you're doing here. You're applying a dilute solution of hydrogen peroxide to the surface of the turf. Yes. And it doesn't kill the grass. Yeah, if you go to the hydrogen peroxide chemical reaction, it's, it's water with an extra molecule of oxygen. Mm -hmm. And that reacts to the organic which is carbon in chemistry, and reacts and produces CO2. Mm -hmm. And the organic is inside the profile. So what we do is with a pencil tine, we do venting. We put the hydrogen peroxide in, which is mixed with a venturi system with a hose pipe. And we suck 50% or, uh, hydrogen peroxide mix into the water. And this goes into the ground and you wait for, you apply it. It's 10 minutes application on a whole putting green. That's quick. And you wait for five minutes and it starts to boil. You can see the bubbles. And, you, and if you test it, it's CO2 going to the atmosphere. And the good thing about it is that uh, what is left is, is nothing. It's just water. Okay, so how often do you do it? Is it a one-shot deal or do you have to do it regularly? Every single active unit of this hydrogen peroxide will react with some carbon. So depending on how much carbon you have, which is organic in your greens, you will need more applications. But once it's nice and clean, 
a monthly application should be enough. And this is something we are doing at PG Catalunya uh, on a way that we always do nine holes at a time per week. So at the month, uh, the whole of the 36 holes are, are done. So you're applying hydrogen peroxide, I'm assuming at a fairly low rate, into the soil or on the surface of the turf? We apply it into the surface, but because of the venting we've done just a few minutes before, it goes down the profile. Okay. Okay. You wait for five or 10 seconds and then it starts boiling. And what you see are all the bubbles. Okay. And you're doing it regularly now. Here's the thing. Of course, uh, you know, need for a lot more understanding of this in some ways, but I just, it seems to me you're not dissolving all the organic matter because we need some of it for the cushion to receive a shot and hold up with traffic. So is this really just taking the place of having to top dress, but you're still keeping some organic mat there? We are at the minimum of organic matter. We are right now 1%. Mm -hmm. And we, we feel that it's good because the greens are really firm. When you water, is, you get the success of infiltration. We need to apply very little amount of wetting agents. And because we don't have organic matter, then we don't have uh, disease. Because as you know, uh, mm -hmm. a fungi needs always an organic matter to decompose. So we don't have disease. We don't have uh, earthworms because they come up and turn white and they die, and we also don't have nematodes. We, we have taken a, a sample of soil. We took it to uh, our um, microscope electronic, and we, we took a look. There's plenty of light. We put the hydrogen peroxide, and everything dies. So somehow you sterilize the soil. Huh. And how long have you been at this at the Catalunya? I would say five years right now, five years. We started on a small padding green, we did, we did it in the heat, over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. We did it in frost conditions. We tried to do it every single day for two months in a row. No problems at all. All benefits. So if people would like more information about this uh, idea, I've seen uh, you have a Twitter handle, at David Battalier, and I know the presentation is there from the Turf Talk. Is there another place they can get it as well? Yeah, I think I'm going to have, after this talk, I'm going to have to hang last presentation. And on the last presentation, which is, there is some updates, there is this video that shows the microscope. You see everything living and we apply the hydrogen peroxide and everything dies. So that proves that nematodes all also are dead. Yeah. From the minute you told me this years ago, I, I just, it's, I'm still having a hard time getting my mind wrapped around it. But I, I watched the presentation uh, that you provided, and there's no doubt that uh, this is occurring. And I'm pleased to hear you've been at it for five years. And so you said less pest problems. Are there other issues? Of course, we think a lot about how important the microbial population and organic matter is for nutrient cycling. Do you find yourself having to fertilize a little bit more? No, actually we fertilize almost just with the water. We put some, some acid nitric to drop a little bit the pH because since it's recycled, the pH is very high. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's the only thing we do. We try to follow growth potential through irrigation system. We do sample the, the nitrogen that comes into the water and we multiply it by the millimeters we apply on a daily basis. Okay. And we try to follow the growth potential. Okay. Needs. So you're fertigating and irrigating. Yes, because it's recycled water. There's always some nitrogen. Ah. So you, you have to count that nitrogen that comes into the water. And yeah. we add a little bit more and then we try to match the weekly needs of the 
of the growth potential. Now, now back to the peroxide, right? Because the organic matter accumulates because, you know, we, we grow more than we should sometimes. And you don't have, uh, do you have Primo in, in Europe? Yes, we have Primo and it's legal. Right. And so you use Primo? Yes, we use some Primo. Okay. Yes. All of the peroxide work you're talking about and, and where people could get more information about this, this is primarily on your sand-based putting greens. Are you doing it on fairways or tees that might be native soil? Yeah, we are extending the, the applications. If we have a, a fairway with worms in the winter, we may apply it and we get rid of the worms problem. Okay, so the hydrogen peroxide that you use, is it just a laboratory grade or is it what you buy at the, the pharmacy for a cut? No, the pharmacy for a cut, it's 3%. So this you can apply to your skin. But the, the one we buy is 50%. And we buy it in the industry. It's not turfgrass industry. You can buy it anywhere. And so you're fertilizing basically with your irrigation water. Are, are, you, are you finding yourself having to water more? No, actually, we don't have to water more. Okay. But what we do is we do check the redox of the water. And we want to, to make sure there's no bacteria or anything coming into the water. And we have installed an ozone system that we put O3. This is ozone, mm-hmm. for the ones that don't know. Mm-hmm. And we put the, the ozone in the water, so we sterilize, but we also put more oxygen in the water. And if you water with that water, you are actually aerating the soil, which also gives more benefit. I have been joined today by the director of golf operations at that fine facility, the PGA Catalonia Resort, David Battaglia. David, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. You have been a spectacular guest, and I hope we can uh, continue our friendship and our discussion in the future. Thank you very much. I had so much fun, and I hope everybody loves the conversation. I'm sure they will, David. David Battaglia, everybody. I'm Frank Rossi. I'll be right back with a couple of thoughts before we get out of here. Innovation takes many forms, and it's often found in places that have significant constraints. In my career, I've worked at the Bethpage State Park, where we were trying to limit pesticide use, out at the Vineyard Golf Club, where it's an organic golf course, where there's no synthetic pesticides allowed to be used, school grounds in New York State, where pesticides aren't allowed to be used, and now I'm getting to work a little bit in areas where water restrictions are a little more plentiful. So, in this case, David's limitations was money. You wouldn't believe it at a big facility, but golf's not that popular in Spain, and the resources he has available to spray and deal with some of his pathogens issues. David's example as a professional golf course superintendent, a business manager, and a scientist makes him one of the leaders worth learning more about. And I hope you do just that in all the places he told us during the conversation to find him. Thanks for listening.